You're listening to the Montana Gallery Podcast. I'm Tyler Murphy, and today on the show we have my friend Daniel Keyes. Daniel and I have been friends for over five years now. He's been with Montana Gallery since it opened in 2013. Dan and I are constantly pushing each other out of our comfort zones and to ever greater heights. And so I thought you would forget. And I was, I think, kind of hoping you would forget. Oh, yeah. And sure enough, because I know you had brought it up. I'm, I mean, I don't think I would have. Did I? I can't, I can't remember it. It's, I think it's one of those things that's like, who's going to blink first? Right. It really did become that. I mean, even up until jumping out of the airplane, it was that for me. Our adventures over the years have taken us from Yosemite to the Grand Canyon, from Yellowstone to Glacier, from classrooms at the Scottsdale Artist School to workshops in Montana. So we've enjoyed many great places and experiences together, and that would have never happened if it weren't for our mutual love of art. Daniel credits many of the joys of his life to his relentless pursuit and his fascination with art. If I've learned anything, and because I, I'm adept at being an observer, and I admit that not because I'm proud of that, but because m- most of my life was spent just observing and not participating, mm-hmm. you know, um, because I didn't have friends. I was alone, you know, kind of a loner type, you know. And so my whole life was just being really good at observing other people living, basically. And so that has, of course, carried over into my life today, which I count as a real blessing because I notice perhaps more. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I have learned in my observation and in my personal experience is that all of the things that I ever wanted... I have found have been wrapped up in this one thing that I at this point in my life feel is part of my purpose. So all of the things I wanted growing up, friends, relationships, and adventure, Mm -hmm. and um, fun and meaningful moments, all of just all of these things, even... um, meeting interesting people or, yeah. or or being connected with with fascinating highly successful people yeah. in various fields yeah. totally unrelated to art all of these things that I've just mentioned are not exclusive to art at all uh-huh. but I find that or I have found that in pursuing this one thing all of those things have come out of that mm-hmm. And I think that is, or at least can be true for anyone when they discover some sense of purpose. All of the things that they're chasing will probably come out of that uh, yeah. pursuit of the, the, the more purposeful thing. Right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, just our, our friendship and friendships that I have, uh, all kinds of relationships all of the things that I craved before I had them. Yeah. I didn't have to chase those things. Right. I just had to figure out what in what way was I going to contribute 
in this life. Yeah. And then all of those things were added to me. Yeah. See? And I see more and more people my age and younger, you know, the millennials and then whatever the next generation is, but particularly the millennials, people who are young, but really they're old enough that they should have a little more clarity. They should, at this point, have a little more sense of why they're here and what they're what they're doing. Yeah, and I find fewer and fewer people, part of that group, mm-hmm. that aren't lost and and because they're chasing those things. And I I think, not discovering that if they if they would find, out, in what way they really were meant to, add to this life yeah those things that they're chasing would start to Mm -hmm. find them yeah how how is it that you feel that you came about understanding uh your purpose or not how do you feel that sure Uh, yeah um well uh, again you know that has a lot to do with just my my christian beliefs but even apart from that having a drive having a passion for a particular thing mm-hmm. art yeah okay something that i'm good at yeah and not that i was innately good at it or talented from birth or something but just i did have some innate passion for it mm-hmm. so it 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 made sense i i meet all kinds of people that they're just they're good at something um and then i also we've talked about this i think the last conversation I highly recommend that people pay close attention to mentors Mm. in their lives. Whether it's their parents, an older sibling, a friend with more experience, a pastor particularly, which would have been my case, um, my parents are my pastors as well, so same, same thing. Those people... They're wiser, they're older, all of those kinds of things that we, we already know. But they also see things in you before you do. Uh-huh. Very oftentimes, they see someone who, who is mature enough and experienced enough and they have a voice in your life. Parents are especially good at this. They often see things in you before you see it in yourself. Mm-hmm. And a good parent, a good mentor will not force you or push you necessarily but they will try to nudge you and if you'll be a little sensitive to that you'll you'll probably end up in the right place yeah so daniel's been one of the mentors in my life i think that he saw the potential in myself in this gallery long before i ever did One of the most significant ways Daniel impacted the direction and future of the gallery was when he asked us to help him create a new instructional DVD. We created a DVD in October. We did. So far it's sold really well. Um, You are the one who came to me and said, Tyler, do you want to do this with me? And I'm so glad that I said yes. Good. Well, yeah. Are you still you're still glad? Oh yeah, it's awesome. Good. Okay, good. Um, it I feel like it opens up a whole new avenue that that Montana Gallery can now go down. Mm-hmm. That all of a sudden 
I realized the power of video and what that can do. Sure. And that it can be this way that we're passively making income, but it's a whole new, um, it's just like a whole new direction that, sure. that, <coughs> that we could and, and probably yeah. should and will go down. So, yeah. Well, we'll it, make more. it's, it's so for me, it's multi, you know, multi-dimensional or just, first of all, it fills a need mm-hmm. because it's something people want. They can't always get to a workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly they can't study with me mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, a regular basis. And I'm, I'm not doing that, um, kind of one-on-one type deal. And so apart from workshops, which I've been told have been pretty difficult to get into because of the demand and the number of workshops Mm -hmm. getting smaller for me, um, it's such a a nice option for people. So it fills a need, which I feel really good about. Yeah. And, but I, I, I've been wanting to do this one for a long time Mm -hmm. because obviously it's roses, you know, everybody wants to paint roses for whatever reason. I don't know. I love painting them. So, I mean, I know why I want to, but it is interesting to me how universal it seems Mm. that roses are just, when you think of flowers, people think of roses for some reason and they're just so readily available, I suppose. And everyone in everyone's garden or everyone wants them in their garden perhaps. And, um, so it just seemed like an, uh, (laughs) it just seemed like the right thing. Yep. to do and so I was doing I was going to do it no matter what and I was even looking into just doing it myself putting the cameras on myself and and setting everything up and editing it all of that sort of thing and I didn't want to but I just wanted to get it out there I just wanted to produce this because it just seemed to make real sense yeah. so I asked several people and before you asked me well I think at the same time oh. I kind of had my, you know, feelers out for just people that I would want to work with Mm -hmm. and I would want to share the experience with, but who would also just be willing to do it. And I perhaps was most aware of the amount of work that it would take and knowing that my part in it was done first Mm -hmm. knowing that the really difficult time consuming part was going to be the work of another Mm -hmm. and so that i i knew that so um it it took a while i asked yeah i asked several people and um so i but i was thrilled that you you wanted Mm -hmm. to do it however your knowledge of editing was probably only slightly more than mine and so we just, I mean, what a tremendous help Pete has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and what a find. So such a, uh, uh, you know, he's worth his weight in gold. It's mm-hmm. just wonderful that he came along and um, that you had the foresight to bring him in on the project. So I'm, I'm eternally grateful to him and to you for for doing that mm-hmm. and so it was a great experience uh we learned a lot obviously so my first dvds those old um uh, they, they were done years ago with lily doll 
and they're still available. People are still buying those, uh, which is wonderful, but some of the information obviously is outdated or I've, I've come a long way since then and I don't even teach some of the things that are on there anymore. And so it was kind of nice to do something that's totally up to date. Mm -hmm. Everything that I'm doing now in my paintings and as far as my methods and just different ways of going about it all in this video and what a wonderful experience I think working yeah. with you working with Pete and just seeing this all come together mm -hmm. and obviously the challenges and the, the different moments where it's like oh my gosh is this going to work and then it it did and and, and we've had so many messages and I've had so many people come up to me that I have not had any negative feedback, yeah. which is, that's remarkable. Yeah. Not saying that there, maybe there is some negative feedback out there, but I, it has not come across my my desk or my computer. And right. so we have had, but it, we have had so much feedback. Right. Just so many people yeah. who have loved it yeah. and have learned from it. It's not perfect, but the information on it is Mm -hmm. exactly what we want to give yep. and it seems to have resonated with so many people it has turned into a really beautiful project mm -hmm. i think and i'm very proud of it yeah it, it's nice to do something that you're that you're proud of yeah and the 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 painting itself i feel was successful the the collaboration between you and i and and um mm -hmm. uh, uh, pete um, and just the product, the physical product itself, yeah. I'm very proud of. And so, what what a wonderful experience. What a wonderful time that we live in that we get to, to do that. Yeah. And this this combination of, of all that we each of us individually bring to the table. Mm -hmm. um, so I hope that people continue to enjoy it. I've, like I said, I've had so many that have um, said that they just watch it over and over <laughs> and they paint along with it and you know how wonderful yeah 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 that's great uh and i do I want to do more i know i can't i was just gonna say i can't wait to make some more yeah um, i really i really do um just because it it's just it's been so much fun yeah and it'll be a uh i'm what i'm grateful uh to you for is that it kind of exposed me to all that so now I want to make more with you but then I go man this is such a great thing that we need to do for like everybody that's involved in yeah. the Montana gallery yeah um, and then and then that's really cool because we create this line of DVDs that um, that then we can do a lot with and just filming things and, and putting putting video out there yeah even apart from an instructional thing but just an inspirational thing I'm right now I'm so fascinated with the possibilities that we can create artful video so that it's it's painting plus so much more plus plus music plus just beautiful scenery or um, people interviewing people all of the, the those different elements coming together to create something unique and uh so i i look forward to a lot more of that
has there been any question that comes across your desk that that you want to change the average conversation or the conversation that's happening out in the world about with the narrative that is prevalent out there yeah starving artists oh okay what a bunch of bull okay <laughs> i mean and that's not just artists but i cannot tell you yeah how many people i have spoken with at art shows on airplanes at the coffee shop whoever that as soon as they hear you're an artist the first thing out of their mouths is and it's it's interesting it's almost word for word the same every time they stumble over it because they they realize that it's such a personal question that they it's probably inappropriate to ask because you would never ask any other or, you know or so many other professions you just would never think to ask this but can you actually make a living being an artist mm -hmm. and i i just sort of chuckle at that because i don't know any really truly starving artists i know artists who maybe it's month to month so depending on your perspective of what is starving but i don't know any artists living on the street or any artists that aren't doing something to pay the bills if they truly want to be a full-time artist everyone i know who is doing that is they're just they're brilliant and they find a way to do it mm -hmm. and apart from them everyone else i know is doing very well you know maybe they're not making a million dollars but they still they they're selling paintings they're doing shows they're they're paying rent or buying mm -hmm. the home that they live in and they drive cars i mean they live a normal yeah. life for the most part um and then the longer they do it the harder they work at it the right. more it seems to pay off for them so that they they also eventually live well and art uh, artists so often have such a long career because you reach your you don't even reach your prime until you're of retirement age in painting yeah. the the artists that i mean their best work is so oftentimes in their 60s um well that's retirement age for so many other careers so it's it's a really long lasting yeah. career and by the time they reach that 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 point in their lives they're they're usually doing pretty well um, I know as far as for myself and my friends we we do we do just fine <laughs> you know I mean I uh, we we make plenty of money and we're able to to live well yeah and so I'm perhaps at one time the idea of a starving artist was more relevant but I don't see that not as far as painting goes maybe music uh -huh. I think I see that uh -huh. far more often why do you feel it's important to combat that narrative oh well maybe it's not it's just it's more so of just seeing a common belief that's not true mm -hmm. and that just seems like something worth combating yeah if something's not true but is commonly perceived as true doesn't that seem like not that I'm going to, you know, I I'm, I'm, I don't mean, that doesn't mean to say I'm going to go door to door and tell people, yep. <laughs> you know, this is not true. But I, at least it's it's so common. It definitely needs to be a, a conversation, or this needs to be something that people hear, especially if they have kids that want to... Exactly. Uh, ...want to pursue art. 
Um, or if you are that kid and you have parents, you exactly. can say, hey, listen to what Daniel Keyes has to say about Exactly. This. Because I have, that, that is probably the most common thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have met far too many people who were told... You'll never make it. That they'll never make it. Yeah. What an awful thing to say to anyone. Yeah. And usually out of caring about the person. It's usually the people who are closest to them that are telling them that because they actually do care about them and they want them to succeed and they don't want them to be living on the street. Yeah. But they're ignorant. Yeah. They, re- they really are. It's, it's ignorance. Mm-hmm. And um, because I... I mean, I have no interest in disclosing the amount of money that I make, but I make plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, enough to buy a house and buy any car that I want and go anywhere that I want and live very well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I'm not saying that that's the case for all artists, but at least, like I said, I know plenty of artists who live that way yeah. and who make plenty of money. Not that that's the most important thing but they're just they're successful they, they live exactly how they want to live and so the other real danger in lack of understanding that is that I've met too many people who believed that lie and so they're suffering through a career that supposedly pays better however because it's not what they want to be doing mm-hmm. they really stink at it yeah and so they're not successful at that either. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, uh, I always bring this instance up because it just so marked me. I remember going into a city where I was going to, I don't know, teach a workshop or something. And I went to rent a car and it was at the airport. So, you know, it's like a big commercial yeah. um, car rental, whatever. And I remember the, the man behind the counter youngish but you know adult like 30s 40s and I remember uh, you know they always make small talk and they ask you so what are you doing in town what are you going to be doing while you're here and I explained you know art and teaching and painting and all of that and he said oh that's what I wanted to do I wanted to be an artist and I said oh well you know what what stopped you and he said well my my parents really wanted me to go to law school mm-hmm. and and there he is. I yeah. I said, and why are you here? Yeah. Well, I, it was obvious. You know, he he wasn't going to be successful at being a lawyer. Even if that doesn't mean that he couldn't or that he wasn't smart enough. But he had that wasn't him. Yeah. He had no drive to do that. He had no passion to do that. So even if he passed the bar, and maybe he did pass the bar. I don't know. I don't remember. He probably did. But he he was going to be so unhappy. And so bad at it, probably, that here he is renting cars. Not to put down people who have that job, right. but just saying. Yeah. That certainly wasn't a lawyer. Right. And, and I run into that yeah. from time to time. So it, it's, it's an exercise in futility. It, it, it's, it's, it's not going to mm-hmm. work out anyway. Yeah. So you might as well just get over it. And do do what you most what you most feel compelled to do. Yeah. And um, mom and dad mean well, and they only do that because they want you to be happy. Really, they and they they want you to not have to worry about money. But if it's not really what you feel your purpose to do, 
you're not going to be successful at the other thing anyway. Often, when Daniel and I talk, we talk about the future of the art world. We talk about how we don't need to wait for permission to do the things that we do. What about the idea of making your own way? What about taking what's available and making, just doing it differently? Why, why only what someone else has done? Um, particularly, we're, we're at an interesting time, really, this very transitional time between the old way really beginning to phase out mm-hmm. and the birth of something new that we're not even quite sure what it is yet. Yeah. So we couldn't give you an answer like this is the new way to do it. Yeah. I'm not even sure. Right. But I know things are changing. Yeah. I know things are different. And so what even worked for me 10 years ago probably wouldn't work today. Yep. But I worked with what was relevant at that time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't necessarily follow along. I took the advice or, or I did pay attention to what other people had done because certainly you can learn from that. But then don't let that stop you. There's, there's always going to be someone who comes up with a new way. Yeah. And I think this goes along too with like these trips that we do and how many people would love to get in on this trip, you know, because they think that that's the answer. They think that that's what they want and that probably is what they want, but they think that that's what they have, that this is the group that they have to be a part mm-hmm. of. And that's so false because if everybody did that, we'd have a group of a thousand people and you know that group would be different. It wouldn't be what it is. Mm-hmm. When you add more people, it changes the dynamic of what that is. So it wouldn't even be the same thing. It'd be a big convention is what mm-hmm. it would be. Which I'm trying to make. Well, which <laughs> but that which has its place. Yeah. But that's not this. Mm-hmm. And if you want this, you can't have a convention. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, mm-hmm. So there's this idea that people have convinced themselves that that's what they want, which may be true, but that doesn't mean that that's the one yeah. that you have to have. Yeah. What that should be is you use that as inspiration and then you make your own. Right. You then get your friends right. and you go out and you make these adventures. Because that's what we're doing. Yeah. We're not following the pattern. Right. We're making it we're making it up as we go. Mm-hmm. I think if people would take that I think people who have taken that attitude in business have been the ones to come up with the new way of doing it. And so because we're in this real transitional time, I think that the world is waiting for that. I think the world is waiting for that person to step up and do something that hasn't been done before or just take all of the information from the times past and make it relevant for today in some way. And that's going to set the pattern for this new era. Um, so we're because we're in that weird time, I almost feel that any advice I give is going to be, yep. I don't even know that it's going to be worth anything. Yep. Uh, so my advice is just do something, you know, just <laughs> figure out what it is that you want and then take the most logical mm-hmm. steps toward that, bearing in mind that galleries are not what they used to be. Mm-hmm. The whole system has been turned on its head yep. because of economy because of internet because shopping is different i mean you look at companies fortune 500 company type things 
that they're competing with something like Amazon. Yep. And you can't out Amazon, Amazon. Exactly. So things have completely changed. Well, that's that's true in the art market as well. Yeah. Some for good, some for bad. You know, not everything that's happened has necessarily resulted in good things. But you're not going to change it. Yep. You can just adapt. So if you're looking for a formula, I just don't think that there's one very relevant right now. No. Uh, because we're in this in-between yeah. stage. So just <laughs> make something up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then don't think that just don't think that that's what you have to have. That Montana Gallery is where you have to be. Well, no, probably not. And even for bigger, more more prominent galleries, that that doesn't mean that that's where you have to be. I just got, I just got a few paintings into a gallery just for a temporary thing, probably, a temporary show. Uh, just got asked to put a few of my own paintings in to this other gallery that I've wanted to have my work in for like six or seven years, and so, and yet now that it's come, I go this probably isn't going to really change my life all that much. Mm -hmm. And if I want to sell that work that I've given them, I need to show up mm -hmm. and I need to be there. Right. Opening night. Right. Um, right. Like schmoozing and doing everything I can to help them sell mm -hmm. what, what I've given them. Mm -hmm. And that, I would say that's the attitude people need to have too. If they do find themselves in a working relationship with the gallery is, how can I, yeah. how can I get make it as easy as possible mm -hmm. for them to work with me? And I think too, like look at what we've done. Where we are, uh, I get a kick out of how respected our collaborations have been. But you and I know the behind the scenes and the phone calls of just like, hey, let's try this or let's, do, you know, <laughs> just all of these things that we're we're not following a pattern. No. I mean, look at how many paintings we've sold through online, just the online kind of sales. People that aren't seeing these in person or the shows, just the different things that really online based that so many years ago would have really looked, been looked down upon. Uh -huh. But just not following a pattern, just right. coming up with an idea and trying it and the right mix of things yep. just coming together and... You and I cannot put paintings, um, these studies, and even now some larger paintings online without selling them, sometimes within minutes. Right. Because it's just this combination of, first of all, hopefully excellent work, mm -hmm. and that should be goal number one for everybody, that that should be priority. First and foremost, improve your painting, improve your artwork, do your best. Do better. Keep doing better. And that combined with just this sort of fresh, who cares how it was done in the past? Let's mm -hmm. use the tools we've got now. Let's put it out there. Let's contact, you know, let's let's yep. build relationships with people. Um, long distance. Yep. Not just, you know, the old-fashioned way of doing things. And, and it has been successful. Yeah. Uh, I'm just I get the biggest kick out of that mm -hmm. and I think people need to understand that we're not following a, a pattern no the the things that we've found stick 
were things that were so last second, like, oh, hey, we have all these paintings from this trip. I guess maybe we should do a show. Yeah. And then, like, scramble for a week to get it all organized and looking good and yeah. thrown out there online. And all of a sudden it does. And it does of, look good. It looks like we planned, like we knew what we were doing. Right. I never know what I'm doing. <laughs> this whole podcast, I've not known what I'm doing. This whole interview. <laughs> last oh, night, dear. Last night at story night, I, I did a really great job of getting everybody there. I had no storytellers. <laughs> and yet we by the end of the night, we had like nine wonderful. stories that yeah. were great it was amazing but just had to be honest about that of like yeah. all right well we're all here i we have, don't know what's going on i have found that more often than that more often than not that is so true just in business in creating a product mm-hmm. people look at these they only ever see the finished product yeah and it's bright and shiny and pretty and worth it, you know worth it but all the behind the scenes all of the the scrambling, all of the struggling, all of the coming up with the idea, all of the doubt, is this going to work? Are we just going to fall flat on our faces? All of that is involved in not just what we're doing. I think in in so in big companies, yeah. in in everything, there's someone who has to do it. Yeah. There's all these people behind the scenes that are coming up with this. Oh man, have you seen the Steve Jobs uh, the Jobs movie? No. Uh, with Michael Fassbender, it kind of shows uh, Aaron Sorkin wrote the screenplay, um, but it just shows like the behind the scenes of all of these product launch mm-hmm. things, and it is chaos every time. Oh sure, and like they cheat the system yep. in order to sell this idea that they haven't even developed. Mm-hmm. They haven't even developed the the software yet to be able to pro- do the thing that they're promising that it can do. And uh, so it's all just showmanship. <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, it, I mean, there are fine lines, of course. And you want to, I mean, everyone would, certain things, You. that's not to say that we don't want to have a level of professionalism and, and excellence. Uh, we are striving for those things. It's just that there are things beyond our control. Mm-hmm. And... It just goes back to we're living in a time where those patterns just don't exist. We have to just make it up as we go. Um, And you make it up as you go and then you and you learn and you and you start to believe in sort of the lie or story that you're telling. (laughs) Well, no, not a lie. But well, you I'm saying that because I am really into Seth Godin. and He wrote a book called All Marketers Are Liars. Oh, and his definition of a of a lie he he's he's saying that in a in a way to i mean that's part of his marketing is to rebrand the word lie okay and instead it means stories sure but i'm not sure he says it's yeah. a lie so i'm not sure i like that <laughs> but i think what it is for me is if i don't put myself in those situations where i have to come up with something i never will I'll forever be in my studio painting and producing, which is great, but I'll never I'll never go beyond that and, and experience life and, and um, force myself to come up with these things and, and I so I think that's what's really nice about um, some of our like business relationship 
is just it seems like the possibilities are endless the ideas are always coming and we can just see how far mm-hmm. it goes but the point being that where we are making it happen ourselves yeah not so we can brag but just saying that there's no one there isn't anyone that can take us by the hand and lead us definitely there's not anybody with a magic wand that says okay now yeah. you can do this right we and don't need permission from anyone right to do what we do there's because it's not there it's just not out there there's no great guru yep. helping us <coughs> along the way we are either going to sit at home or we're going to get up and just make something happen. I remember Jaxie, who uh, she and her husband Lenny own, Evan, next door. I remember Jaxie commenting when we planned one of our first events at the gallery. She says, she's like, I can't believe that we don't have to ask permission from anyone right. to do this. Right. Like, we're business owners. We're adults. <laughs> And we can create a dinner and, like, yeah, we can just do it. Right. And right. that's with so many things that, that, that I get to do. I kind of keep that in mind of, like, yeah, I can just do it. If it yeah. fails, so what? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you want to learn from those experiences and you always want to give it your best. I, I want to reiterate that, that. I don't like sloppy things. Mm-hmm. And so there is a certain amount of organization that I require of myself. Yeah. And because I am also, with each of these decisions, I'm also developing a reputation. And I want, I want to make sure that I am being responsible and that sort of thing uh, too. But it is amazing to me. Just, it's, it, it, you just feel like there's mm-hmm. no limit. And you can just, I don't know. It's really, it's a wonderful feeling too. Uh, And you grow in confidence. Mm -hmm. I think once you do those things and they are successful, all of a sudden it's like, wow, we can do anything. Yeah. We can just, anything. So it's really wonderful. One of those anythings back in the early days of Dan and I's friendship was jumping out of a plane. I treat fear as an enemy. To me, it's it's no good. Yeah. Um, now, some would argue that because they, there is in some instances a sense of fear that perhaps keeps you from doing something dangerous or right. keeps you out of a dangerous situation. I don't think of that as fear. I think of that as just Wise. wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's truly fear, it's an enemy to me. Mm-hmm. And I I don't like it. <laughs> I mean that I really yeah. don't. I mean, so with the skydiving thing, I have I've always had such a vivid imagination uh, that for some reason I don't know why, but for several for a long time, um, maybe several years, every time I would lay down to sleep or or particularly if I was like taking a nap or something for some reason Mm -hmm. I would as I'm falling asleep maybe it's because of the idea of falling asleep I would imagine myself falling Mm. and uh but like off of buildings and stuff it would just replay in my head and it was awful because I it would be so real yeah 
and it's that point of between awake and sleep and because as you're kind of drifting off to sleep and it i would jolt uh, just constantly like be jerking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and jolting and um because i was i was imagining myself so vividly falling yeah. off of a mountain or off of a building or i don't know why so anyway um maybe a bit of a fear of heights or something and so we were in scottsdale again actually several yeah. years after we we had already been friends for a few years and there's different things to do in that area one of them i think is hot air balloons or something and i thought well that'd be kind of fun and someone had said it's really not that great it's not as much of a thrill and it's so loud you can't hear yourself thinking or talking and they said really skydiving was was a lot better and and so we had kind of looked at each other and said oh sure yeah maybe we should do that the next time we're here we should skydive and so i thought you would forget and I was, I think, kind of hoping that you would forget. Oh, yeah. And sure enough, because I know you had brought it up. I'm, I mean, I don't think I would have. Did I? I can't, I can't remember it. It's. I think it's one of those things that's like, who's going to blink first? Right. <laughs> it really did become that. I mean, even up until jumping out of the airplane, it was that for me. Because I, I'm almost positive I didn't bring it up. I hoped, I, I'm pretty sure I had hoped that you would forget. And you did bring it up. And I was not going to chicken out. Yeah. Because I didn't, I knew you. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't know, like that to me could, would have been one of those moments early on enough in our friendship that that could have really maybe put a damper on things. Like you would have thought less of me or something. Or, oh. And so, and I just, again, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the killjoy or, or, or just the one that wimps out. And mm-hmm. so I was not going to turn it down. Yeah. And I think perhaps you were yeah, I think a I little bit the in the same boat. boat. Yeah. And so it's really funny. Here just we are going to jump out of a plane only because we yeah. didn't want the other one to think that we were a chicken. Yeah. <laughs> really dumb. But I am so glad. Like, I do not regret that at all. Oh, yeah. I, at all. Uh, it, 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 I don't, I don't know. There's, yeah, total rush. I, well, and for me, what's so interesting is, okay, so we, we agreed to do it. We pay what seemed like an inordinate amount of money. It was way too expensive. Like, that should not cost what it did. And then we're signing our lives away on these contracts that Mm -hmm. basically you're just signing all of signature after signature and paper after paper so that you or those who are related to you will not sue this company in the event that you die that you crater into the ground and so that was alarming and i'm just like so focused mentally i don't really want to talk i don't really want to I just I don't want to have any emotion and I was and I was I was very emotionless yeah that whole time and they're training us they're putting these suits on us uh, they're explaining all of these things just this robot we were so yeah we were so robotic and so calm <laughs> that the 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 guys because your first time you have to do tandem right. so you've got instructors and they're eventually gonna you know you're gonna be strapped to them and all yeah. of that and they they noticed 
how calm we were. Yeah. That they commented. They they said, have you guys done this before? And we're like, no. They said, oh, well, you, you know. And even after the jump, they said, you guys did so well that... You know, are you sure you've never done this before? And and but for me, it's because I was dead inside. <laughs> you know, there was nothing to give. It was it was that or completely freak out. We're gonna wrap things up now with one of my favorite segments from our conversation. Seeing art as necessary, I think, is a really big hurdle. Mm-hmm. for a lot of people because so many don't think it is necessary or they they don't think that what they're doing is important yeah they don't feel that what they're doing is necessary and so they they put themselves down yeah or they put their work down and they need to see i think one of the first things that they do have to overcome is seeing it as as more than just i don't know um a hobby or seeing it as just wasting their time but that it is actually relevant exactly i i think that that's you're right that's a huge 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 thing that that uh that people who haven't made that leap or don't consider themselves professional artists seem to seem to be stuck with that ah this doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. but it does it does matter because like here in my house i have a couple things that my grandma has painted and she's you know, only sold maybe a handful of paintings, mm-hmm. but that I get to have one of her paintings mm-hmm. in my house right. means the world to me. Right, and so yeah. I think that people need to not underestimate what their work can be yeah. to, uh, especially the people that are in their lives that care about them, and that's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. And then you can start to expand beyond yeah. that. And Is once that, you do expand beyond that you then want to remember that because we live in a world that is so plastic now and so mass produced having anything handcrafted mm-hmm. where there's a human touch it's so important that you become the very best you can and that you work on your skills and that you labor in working on your skills mm-hmm. but at any state <laughs> that your art is in it's still handcrafted yep it's still someone using their hands yep and and um creating something yeah and so people you know when someone puts that on their wall i don't know it just it there's there's so much humanness in that that it it becomes more than just something mass produced um like everything else that that we're so uh, overrun with mm-hmm. in in the world today yeah so it it matters yeah. understanding that that it matters and then I think that to kind of bring this all around to the first points that we made that really helps with achieving a sense of purpose mm. because there's not a whole lot I mean there everyone has their own idea about art and why they should or shouldn't be doing it um, but I think I think apart from just a drive to do it and just a who cares, I'm going to do it attitude, maybe that I have, mm-hmm. it might be difficult to find a, a real sense of purpose if, if you're, all, you know, if you're painting. Um, but I think that would help. Coming to a realization that it matters mm-hmm. 
can be a really good uh, way of at least getting that yeah. feeling yeah. that I, th- I, this is my purpose, or th- at least this is part of my purpose. Right. And so letting that kind of drive you when need be yeah. would uh, be helpful. In closing, I'd like to leave everyone with a message of encouragement. Uh, I'd encourage anyone listening to just make things. Maybe make your own podcast. Create your own one-man show. Organize a group of friends. Host a barbecue. Maybe even open a gallery. We're all more powerful than any of us think we are. So, you'll make mistakes along the way. But the bigger mistake is never risking anything at all. And those mistakes are what you'll stand on when you reach for the next great thing. I'm Tyler Murphy, and thank you for listening to this podcast.